Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Sterner, play action, looking, punch, throws down the middle, touchdown, Arkansas, oh my! Clint Sterner is brought to you by Motorsports Authority. Sterner throws, With two great locations and hundreds of vehicles to choose from. Sterner, very confident. Throwing down the middle. Oh, this Clint Sterner is putting on a show. Check them out or visit online at msastore.com. Play fake, Sterner steps out of trouble. Wow. To a oh. wide open receiver. It's Cobb towards the end zone. Touchdown. Welcome back. We are at True Service Community Federal Credit Union on Hermitage Road. We're going to talk to some folks from this fine establishment coming up after this segment. And this segment, obviously, is going to be dedicated to Big Red, Clint Sterner. What do you say there, boss? What's happening? What's going on, fellas? I'm uh, all is well, man. All is well. You just had a little storm down here on the water, and uh, it's come and gone. And and, uh, everybody's still alive. We still got electricity, and everything's (laughs) rocking and rolling, man. Well, that all sounds good. I like that. Um, we got some sad, sad news this week, and uh, you've been around college football a long time, and I don't know if you ever had a chance to rub elbows with Mike Leach, but we've all been fans from afar for a long time, and it was shocking. It was devastating. I mean, I, I was surprised, not to sound callous, but how much it affected me. Like, I, it was pretty emotional yesterday. We, we did a kind of a recap of his life, and even the day before we found out he was potentially on his deathbed. I think a lot of people felt that way, even though they hadn't really spent any time with him, Clint. He's just transcended football i think and he was just such a likable character an interesting guy and really one of a kind yeah look i I think one of those guys i mean really to everything you just said just one of those guys that you that that you don't you probably take for granted and you don't realize how special they are until they're gone and and i think it's human nature to at that point um think man I, i probably should have appreciated a little more and and uh and and regardless whether you're just a fan or 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 you actually know the man um, I, I think there's a dynamic there with most people that that uh, that knew who Mike Leach was, which which is a, a huge a huge crowd, right? Um, I mean, I, there's there's a couple of things for me. I, I, I think one there, there's a there's a coach Leach and all the things that he did on the football field. Look, I, I know how Mummy was the original creator of Air Raid, but but I, I I'll always have Mike Leach as one of the pioneers. And and when you look at the air raid offense, it, it, it's right there in the in the conversation or in the in the uh, the, the the level that this the, the company with West Coast offense and run and shoot offense and and Air Coriel back in the day and and you know those were all NFL offenses that were made popular because we all watched the NFL and the NFL was key. When you look at the air raid in terms of being a, a, a scheme and a philosophy that was good enough and widespread enough to actually have a, a household name if you live in a football household, right? Um, he was the, the pioneer uh, or one of the pioneers of that particular, that particular offense. And, and we were talking about this a little bit last night, Justin, to think of, of how many lives that offense that style of football, how many players and how many coaches across America in high school and in college 
uh, how many different lives that impacted in a major, major way um, is unbelievable. Again, to your point originally, one of those things that I never even thought about, I never talked about air raid beyond just, you know, the schematics of it, the spacing and, and, and the, you know, the, the quarterbacks and the tempo and all those things. But when you look at what Mike Leach and how Mummy actually made popular and what they created, man, changed the lives and touched so many individuals across America uh, that the football Mike Leach is, is, will never be replaced from that perspective either. And then I think the more important thing to me, man, is, is personally in my life, um, I got a lot of different characters, Justin, that I, that I consider friends. And I'm talking about people that I would be willing to invest in and, and time and, and, and other things. Right. And the one common thread there is, is they're all as authentic as, as can be. And I just think authenticity is, is such a, a, a rare characteristic it's it's especially when you're an awkward individual kind of an outside the box quirky kind of individual it's it's rare man and 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 when I think of Mike Leach the first thing that comes to my mind is that just he was unapologetically authentic and um you know that's just a trait that I that I from a person's perspective a man's perspective I hold as high as any Clint Jacoby Criswell announced over the weekend he is transferring to Arkansas. Give me the uh, kind of high water mark. What what could Criswell get done here at Arkansas if everything goes well? Well, I, I think the, the moment that he steps on campus and, and makes it official, I don't know. I'm not I'm not set up on the transfer rules of whether he could back out. I think he could back out of a commitment, I, just like anything any any other commitment until it's signed and he's actually on campus. But the minute that he steps on campus, I'll argue that he feels the biggest need that the Razorbacks have this year. Um, we, we've we've seen this team win nine ball games and overcome injuries to, um, I mean, big time key players on, on the offensive and defensive side of the football. Uh, the one thing that I think takes immediately, the minute it happens, takes the Razorbacks from eight or nine wins, maybe even ten if you count a bowl game to six or seven wins, uh, and, and possibly even worse, is if your starting quarterback, who happens to be K.J. Jefferson right now, goes down. We experienced that this, this year. I think the Liberty game, if he's not banged up, is different. I think the LSU game is uh, 100% different after watching what A&M did to him a couple of weeks after Arkansas played him, if K.J. plays. And while I, while I know Mississippi State ran away with that when that game is, is whole completely 100% different, if you just have a quarterback that can go out there and execute, just execute. You don't have to be great. You don't have to be KJ. Just go out there and execute. And I'll tell you, Jacoby Criswell, I know this about him. I talked a, a little bit probably more specific and critical than I should have about Kendall Browse and Sam Pittman and the inability to, to develop a backup quarterback. Um, if Jacoby Criswell is the backup quarterback at Arkansas, developing that young man is not going to be a problem. Sitting in the pocket, seeing the coverage, and ripping the football to all levels of the field will not be a problem. Now, does, is, can he mentally get the job done? Does him and, and Kendall Browse see eye to eye in terms of, of you know strengths and weaknesses? You know that's a different story. That that's a hurdle all quarterbacks have to get over. But the the guy going out there and looking like a deer in headlights and just being an athlete. 
uh, or the guy that can't move at all and, and the offense looks totally different than K.J. Jefferson. I, I believe that those days are over uh, the minute K.J. Jefferson, I mean K.J. Jefferson, Jacoby Criswell steps on campus, and I'll argue that that is the, the, was the number one priority outside of finding the next D.C. now that Barry Odom is left. I, I'll argue that's the number one priority in, in Fayetteville in terms of one play hurting this football team Finding that backup quarterback was huge. All right, let's talk about, speaking of coaches, Dow Loggins leaving to South Carolina. We asked yesterday, well, who's a bigger loss, Trey Knox leaving or Dow Loggins leaving? And maybe it's yet to be seen, but Dow obviously did more than just coach his position. He was pretty integral in the recruiting for Arkansas. So what do you think about that? How much of an impact will it have? Well, look, I think that's the that's the key here with Sam Pittman, right? I mean, Sam, Sam doesn't shy away from – um, discussing how much he needs and how much he's leaned on guys on his staff that have been head coaches, guys that have been in the NFL, guys that are long in the tooth. Um, and when you lose Barry Odom and you lose Dow Loggins, you know, and I'm not putting those two guys in the same category. Barry obviously is much more uh, experienced, accomplished, has more pelts on the wall as a head coach. But Dow Loggins has, has been around a, a, a ton of different schemes, philosophies, mindsets. And so, I got to believe that those were all both major resources. Not that I believe, hell, I know it. Sam Pittman told me that they, you know, those guys were big resources for for Sam Pittman. So I, I don't think there's any one player, including um, you know a tight end or, or or any one player on the defensive side of the football that would be more valuable to Sam Pittman uh, than than those guys leaving. Because, like you said, I mean, I, I think I could I could probably go coach the tight ends right now at the University of Arkansas. But would I be a guy that coach would be able to lean on in terms of, of being in four different pro systems and being around four different staffs and head coaches, good, bad, and ugly? Uh, that'd be a little different. Dow Loggins brought a lot of experience to the table, so that one that one hurts a bit as well. Clint, do you uh, buy in Brock Purdy? I, I mean, I enjoyed watching the kid play the other night. And I, I liked his pocket presence and, the, and the, his scrambling around, scoring the touchdown, nice throws. Are you buying that he could take San Francisco to the Super Bowl with all that talent? Wes, last time you and I talked, y- y'all actually asked me that question twice, and I was like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I ain't, I'm not there yet. Well, look, I went back and watched a little bit of that game, and that kid balled out, man. I mean, here's the deal: is is you leave that ball game. Look, it's Tampa. That defense is not. We talk about Tampa Bay, and I don't give a damn what the stats say, but we talk about Tampa Bay like defensively like they're still or, or like they're still playing at the clip of, of the, the Super Bowl Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a couple of guys in that Buccaneers defense that are injured. There's a couple of guys that enjoyed the Super Bowl a little bit too much. It looks like they're about 20 pounds overweight, and, and they're not playing the same ball. So I don't want to get too carried away with beating Tampa Bay. But when you watch that ball game, I think the kid made two or three plays that, that you, we can honestly sit here and say, would Jimmy Garoppolo have made those plays? Would he have made those plays? And, and if the answer is yes, that's fine. But the fact that we're talking about mystery relevant, the last guy drafted, uh, a, a rookie going out there, and, and, and on the flip side of it, we're looking at those numbers, the highest-rated quarterback in, in uh, what was that, week was that week 13, week 14, I guess, with about week 14 of the 22 NFL season. We're talking about the highest-rated quarterback, and we're, we're talking about you know, did he make more plays than Jimmy Garoppolo? I think that's awfully impressive. So, Wes, since last time we talked, which is about 48 hours ago, I've changed my tune. I, I believe they can. I believe they can make a run with, with Brock Purdy 
and, and get to and, and even win a Super Bowl with a little bit of luck. Guy couldn't even win a Big 12 championship. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, kids, but let's just see. He is surrounded by great talent. <laughs> hey, I will give him that. Hey, Justin, best squad around me, man. Look, here's the deal. When What I was most impressed with with him, Justin, to be completely honest, was whatever's going on around him, right, allowed him to go out there and play like he was a first-rounder. And I'm not talking about – I'm not talking about physically, like like the yeah. – yes, I'm not talking – I'm talking about just go out there and play loose and play as if you have job security of a 10-year vet that's won Super Bowls already. And and that's what was more convincing to me mm-hmm. is, like, Kyle Shanahan is, is as big a weapon as an offensive play caller as you're going to have in the NFL. Mm-hmm. The quarterback, whoever that is in San Francisco, has as good, if not better, of a supporting cast than anybody in the NFL. And now you're telling me that, that Shanahan's developing quarterback, and maybe he found a guy or maybe he developed him, I don't know, but he's got a quarterback that rolls out there in the first game. He plays with the looseness of Patrick Mahomes and goes out and makes plays. I mean, I mean that, that, to me, that's the part that sent me over the edge of like, damn, this, this could turn into as good or better a run that they would have had with Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, boy. Okay. Here's the thing I'm going to say. A couple things. First of all, the kid is a talented kid. He's a four-star guy out of Arizona. They got him away from Alabama to Iowa State. He was two times all Big 12. The kid is very talented, but he also, the looseness he plays with and the confidence also is his greatest detriment at times as well. So let's see if we can continue it into week two. They got a rivalry game this week with Seattle on the road. Tomorrow night. And they're going to have right. some, uh, yep, and they're going to have some, uh, you know, tape on him now, and maybe they'll defend him a little bit differently. So we'll see. I'm not trying to beat on the kid. Look, as an Iowa State fan, obviously I'd love him to see him be successful. But uh, you got some concerns about what's happening with New England, I understand. Clint, what's the scoop? Yeah, man, I just I think it's fascinating, right? I think by the way, before we get off that San Francisco train, don't forget that Jimmy Garoppolo won a playoff game going less than ten passes. Uh, so I mean that that the the, the, the you know, kid's gonna gonna have some a little bit of leeway. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I, I just think the New England situation is fascinating. You know, I, I deal with it down here in Houston because Nick Casario was he's the GM of the Houston Texans, and he was with the Patriots for twenty years, and he was Bill Belichick. Um, right-hand man, if you will. Um, I, I think he was Bill Belichick's number one yes man, but but that's uh, for a different conversation. Um, it, it it's fascinating to me that you know what the pass that everybody gives Bill Belichick and and disciples, if you will, of the New England Patriots, like they're just going to go out there and one they're going to they're going to follow up. Uh, uh, Bill Parcells after he's created a culture, and then two, you're going to have Bill Belichick like success. I, I just, I, I think it's the way that he's gone out there and has really stepped out on a limb with making a failed head coach, defensive coordinator, the offensive play caller, and a failed head coach, former special teams coach, the the the, the co-play caller, if you will, and it's backfiring on to the point of where. Usually a pretty stable, a stable mind, or usually a pretty level-headed quarterback, Mac Jones is is blowing up. Uh, is it two of the last three weeks, or, or just just two of the last, the last two weeks? He's he's had incidents on the sideline during or after a game where he's just showing his frustration. I, I just I said it when it happened that I, I'm not giving. I don't give a damn how great Bill Belichick is. I understand it. No disrespect. But I don't care who you are. I'm not going to be one of the guys that sit here and go, "Oh, well, yeah, you can make you can make a defensive coordinator the play caller because you're Bill Belichick because you've had so much success." And look, you did it over here and you did it over there. 
I, I think the silliest thing in the NFL this year was making Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator for an NFL franchise. And it's backfiring, and, and I just I just hope that it's not, oh, it's Bill Belichick, he won six titles, he can get away with it. No, if anybody else did that, they would be absolutely drugged. That, that is, that's plum-ass silly that, that, uh, that Bill Belichick decided to do that. All right. Well, he's also yeah, he's not afraid to go with no coordinator, so it's uh I guess he's a little unconventional in that regard. Clint, I appreciate the time. Good segment. Really enjoyed it and uh we'll see if we can make it intriguing again on Friday. We'll have a whole new slew of things to talk about. We'll have some bowl games to talk about as well. I need a breakdown on the uh Roadrunners and the Trojans. Texas, San Antonio and Troy. Come on. We I I I got a little UTSA for you, baby. All right, we'll talk about it on Friday for sure. <laughs> All right, brother, y'all be good, man. Sounds good. All right, thanks, Clint. Thanks to uh, Motorsports Authority as well, msastore.com.